This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Let's celebrate. Come on now. Are we celebrating because everyone's back in studio? Yeah, I guess. I think so. that's I'm it. Sure. I was going to say. Look, fist We're pumps for my. Yeah. Back live for an October edition. <laughs> all right, all you kids, get out there on the dance floor. Good morning, Canada. Look at the sacks and sacks of gold and wax. <laughs> live with more sounds, more hit music. More commercials. No, less commercials. Uh, more commercials. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. Skulls giving the fist pump behind the glass there. Uh, everybody in studio for we're back. We, okay, all I'm going to say is this, Bob. A couple of weeks off. Yeah, just a couple of weeks off. You, you know, you went to do your marathon, and I had my holiday with Mrs. Golf Talk Canada. We had Thanksgiving. So we, t- we took a little pause in the middle of October, and all of a sudden... <laughs> We've got, like, we could do four shows this morning with the amount of news and the items that have come up in the world of golf in the last two weeks. I feel like it's July all of a sudden, from, not from a temperature standpoint, <laughs> no. but certainly from a, wow, what happened while we were gone standpoint. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. Now, you know, in the, in the south, southern on southwestern Ontario area, the weather has been good. It's been great fall I, I've weather. I've seen Lots some stuff while I've golf. been gone. People been playing really golf. No, you played. You were out playing. I played. I played a couple times, and it's been good. And uh, so that has been good as well. But you're right. There's been tons of news. Golf world never ends, never slows down. Oh, my. Un- Crazy. Unbelievable. Crazy. Uh, well, what do we have to get you to? Let's take well, a look at the show items because it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We're going to talk a little bit about... What's transpiring at Glen Abbey and what potentially uh, the rumor is with the National Golf Club of Canada and some of the information we know of the National Golf Club of Canada, which has you know, been number one in the country multiple times, always lands somewhere in the top three, top five, depending on what always, list. And always the sternest test, the, I would say. Certainly the sternest test, one of my favorite golf courses in the entire country. Uh, rumors there of, of membership talking about potentially uh, evaluating the land, taking a look at what it might be worth. Uh, There was a quasi-soft lob ball offer kind of thrown at the membership. We'll get into that in the second hour today and and talk a little bit about what it means for golf in the urban landscape because quite often, uh, I'm guilty of this, and I know our listeners in Winnipeg and our listeners in Edmonton and our listeners in Victoria and Vancouver this morning will, as soon as I say this, will say, yes, you are, (laughs) Yeah, but I am guilty as someone who lives in Toronto uh, of sometimes uh, uh, not assuming but translating Toronto problems as Canadian problems, and it's not the it's not the same thing. I think what we're going through here is a is a Toronto issue. Might be a, a end up a Vancouver issue at, at some point as well, but they're not necessarily Canadian issues. For instance, I just got back from London, Bob. You got to go two hours outside the city before you can play golf in London. Manhattan's like that. Uh, when property values get to where they are, golf complex at the, and how you access golf changes. We'll get into that. And funny enough, PJ Tours in Tokyo this week. And we want to talk about a yeah. country that accesses golf in a different way. Uh, Japan is certainly one of them. Obviously, scully time. Winners, weird and what. Leaderboards from around the world of golf. But we've got a ton to get to. So let's just jump right into it now with some news and headlines. 
News and headlines are brought to you by Bushnell Golf. For precision in any condition, visit BushnellGolf.com. Bushnell, the number one rangefinder in golf. Well, well, well. Look who is on top of the leaderboard at the Zozo Championship. A week after Justin Thomas wins the first leg of the Asian Swing, Tiger Woods, president of Team U, president, captain of the President's <laughs> Cup team, president although I'm pretty sure you get a lot of votes south of the border <laughs> yeah. as president, uh, is leading the Zozo Championship with rounds of 64-64. Bob, it's a two-shot lead over Gary Woodland, and of course... This would be an historic victory, number 82, tying Sam Snead if he were able to get it done. Yeah, and a very weird scenario, of course, with the big storms going on over there and uh, play being delayed, and they played in front of no fans yesterday. That was bizarre was last night. Strange, strange. And I don't know if you saw the, the other headline, which I thought was awesome. So the Friday was no golf. Everything got rained yeah. out. So Tiger led a crew... That included Justin Thomas and Bubba Watson, and there was about five or six of them, Gary Woodland. Yeah. And they decided, what are we going to do in this rain delay? So they all went out to a theater, yes. and they watched The Joker. Have you seen it? I have not seen oh, it Oh, must. No. Okay, you we'll must wait, see we'll it. wait for your review, <laughs> and uh, it'll be in uh, the rest of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, the, uh, but they also they couldn't get back because all the roads are closed because it rained more when they were at the movie theater. I didn't hear that part so of it. So they walked to a Domino's Pizza, right. and they had six Pizza pies between five of them, apparently. Yeah. And then they uh, kind of hung out there until the roads cleared enough that they could actually get back to their hotel. Well, you know what, Bob? Boys will be boys. Exactly. When, when you leave us to our own, <laughs> you know. Imagine, imagine that, though. Walk, you, you walk, you walk in into a, a Domino's, Domino's Pizza, and there's like five of the greatest golfers on the, currently on the PGA <laughs> Tour sitting there chowing down. I love it. I yes. love it. <laughs> Tiger Woods, 38 and 11, with a 36 hole lead in his PGA Tour career. 38 and 11. That's Hutter, pretty impressive. Hutter looks really good. Yeah, everything looks pretty good, and he looks healthy all of a sudden, and he looks like uh, he's not in pain. All this being said, tonight, 27 holes in prime, starting at, I believe it's 10.30 p.m. The coverage will start tonight. 27 holes. They'll have nine to play tomorrow, which is actually Monday in Japan. So, Bob, if there's going to be a physical test to how the knee and back is feeling, we're going to find out a lot, 27 holes. You're going to find out a lot, and we should should not overlook the fact that uh, lurking after a very good mm-hmm. round is uh, Corey Connors. Yes, and we will get to, we'll get to all leaderboard updates later on, yeah. but Corey Connors tied for fifth, playing well with rounds of 69-64. And what are the... President's Cup implications to all of this. And, of course, Bob, you fired out a uh, poll today. Let's get to that before we get uh, continue on here. Yes. You asked the question about Tiger and the President's Cup. The, uh, the, the, the poll question is very simple. It says, should Tiger Woods, will Tiger Woods pick himself to be a playing captain? Yes or no? You can go to Bob Weeks TSN on Twitter and answer that. And uh, our good friend Michael Farber, one of the greatest Yes, Michael Farber, yep. He said Bob can obviously be a third pit category. <laughs> <laughs> uh, continuing news and headlines, Brooke Henderson wins the inaugural People's Choice Award for the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. So well done, Brooke. Showing her popularity in this country is, uh, is just through the roof. One of the, one of the people she beat out in that poll was Graham Dillette. Really? Yeah. There you go. So that's a first, a one-off. So well done, Brooke. Josh Hill, speaking of young phenoms. Oh. This is crazy. The Mina Tour, which is a tour that you and I had to look up. Yeah. Because, you know, just when you think you know every feeder tour in the world <laughs> that has official world golf ranking points, pops up the Mina Tour, uh, which was, now where did the... Uh, Jordan we, and uh, Kuwait. Yes. And uh, United Arab Middle Emirates. East, Africa, yeah. etc. Josh Hill, 
at age 15 becomes the youngest player in history to win a professional golf event on an official World Golf Ranking points tour, Bob. 15 years old, it's getting younger, and we got in, we got in the conversation back in the summer when the LPGA rolled into town. Is, is, you know, what is too young? Right. You know, is 15 too young? Is, should there be age limits in place, uh, requirements, etc.? At the end of the day, you put the ball on the ground. I'll say this all the time. The ball doesn't know. Who's hitting it? The ball doesn't know if it's a man. The ball doesn't know if it's a woman. The ball doesn't know tall, <laughs> young, old. Game's a game. You put the ball in the hole. 15, got it done. Incredible uh, incredible performance by a 15-year-old. Reminds me of Bob Panasic, the great Bob Panasic, yeah, who a long time, 1957, at the age of 15, makes the cut in the uh, Canadian Open. And that record has stood as the youngest person ever to make the cut in a PGA Tour event until uh, 2013 when that... Uh, Guan Chen Lang made the cut of the match. 14-year-old yeah. from China. Wow. That stood the but test of time. Young is young. That's for sure. Uh, Matt Every suspended three months. Mm. Uh, marijuana, uh, drug violation on the PGA Tour. He said it uh, has a, has had a, subscrip- uh, a prescription for it for, for quite some time. It helps with in- anxiety and depression for him. Uh, according to Matt, regardless of, of what he uses it for, whether it, w- whether it was in legal terms or not, depending on what state you call home, etc. The PGA Tour does not allow it. It brings up a much bigger conversation, though, Bob, in terms of should still be a banned substance, how much has this got to do with the PGA Tour's involvement in the Olympics, and more importantly, with the popularity of the CBD product now, which is spreading. We had somebody reach out to us this week through Chris McKee on social media to Golf Talk Canada uh, wanting to talk to us about CBD product that they have angled and, and packaged towards the golf community. Where does this go? Rory said he'd be scared to use any product right now because you get any trace THC in that product and you're taking three months off. It, 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 this is a whole new world, just like the gambling world for the PGA Tour. This yeah. might even be more complicated with every turn. Well, it just shows you the passage of time of what's being acceptable and what's not. We, of course, know it's legal in this country now. Um, it's not, obviously, in the, in the entire United States federally, but there are some areas. But don't forget, Matt Every was also caught back in 2010 uh, in a hotel room in Vegas. He's so, been a recreational. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a user, and, uh, yeah. and you know maybe one day that'll be fine. But right now, he knew the rules. He admitted that. It's on the WADA list. For uh, drug testing, and so not much, not much excuse you can you can do on this. If you want to be a professional golfer, you want to play on the PGA Tour, you got to play by their rules. That's an, an end of story. Uh, do you believe if if the PGA Tour, and this is a lot of what ifs, but assuming the way this is going and the legalization of this of this drug and and the way it's moving, if the PGA Tour was not a part of the Olympics. Fast forward five years from now, is, is that product still on the ban list? Good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's what I do, Bob. The PGA Good question. Tour, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the PGA Tour is not known for moving fast on a lot that's of different true. issues. Yeah, that's so, a good uh, point. So it might be a little more like 10 years. Yeah. Or, but uh, possibly. I mean, I don't know. It could be, could be interesting. I've played with golfers who, uh, who will light one up on the, on the golf course. We remember we had that story at the earlier of the year about the golf course. Yes, in, uh, out, Smith Falls. Uh, out east, yeah. Smith Falls up in the Ottawa area that's now sort of targeted. It's called Rolling Greens. Yeah, Rolling Greens. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> smoke went off the first Fun, tee. Funny thing, about, <laughs> funny thing about Rolling Greens, too. They also sell more nachos than any other golf yeah, course exactly. in Canada as well. Funny thing. Uh, 
Kepka in the news. We're going to get to Kepka and Rory next. If you were living under a rock, you might have missed Kepka and Rory with a bit of, uh, I don't want to call it, I, was it was it a bit of a scuffle in the media? Was it no, sharp I, comments? I, I don't know. How do we how honesty, do we have honesty. honesty? We're gonna get to Rory and Kepka and what went what transpired in the comments in the next segment. Before we get the, there though, Kepka also in the news for other reasons. Uh knee knee issue. Uh President's Cup potentially in question. Tiger Woods has said uh, listen, he completely understands. Kepka says he wants to be a part of the team. Tiger says he completely understands if he can't go. Uh, where are we with this, Bob? So uh, Kepka had a stem cell treatment after the uh, season ended, or the most of the season ended. Left knee, by the way, which is the same one that Dustin Johnson had, the same one that Tiger had. You're well, that's their post-up post knee, right? That new swing that they've got where yep. they uh, drive it through the ground. So <laughs> it's interesting. But he had that, and he tweaked it again when he was in Korea last week for the um, CG. C- CJ Cup. Yep. Uh, and so that's he pulled out of that. Uh, and we'll see where he is. I, I imagine he'll play. Still a while to go until he uh, has to kind of perform. But if he doesn't, there's a good lineup of people, which we'll get into later as well, about President's Cup stuff that's uh, that ready to take his spot. And finally, before we go to break, Rory McIlroy confirms 2020 he will play for Ireland in the Olympics. I'm no surprise to me here. I think Rory's comments were pretty cool that, you know, all the pressure was coming from internal, that when he looked around outside, it was just like, you know, he's played golf for Ireland his entire life when it comes to junior teams and any kind of national representation. So Rory uh, playing for Ireland in 2020 and good on Rory. So. I think the key word there is play. He's gonna play. Yeah, like you know all those. Yes, guys that's who, right. Who bailed out last. That's time right. Around. Different time uh, around this time. Exactly. So exactly. we'll see. On the other side, we'll get into Rory Kepka. What was said? How do you feel? Is there a rivalry? Does media try to create these rivalries uh, for interest so we can do shows like this? Who knows? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We got still get to Kepka and Rory. Going to get into that momentarily, sink our teeth into that one. We've got uh, Kepka's quote and Rory's response and uh, a lot of controversy. But let's take a look at Tiger right now. Bob, Zozo Championship. He's 12 under par, two-shot lead over Gary Woodland, who is desperately also trying to be part of that President's Cup team. I think based on what Gary's done here... Um, uh, in in this kind of part of the season, what he's done this week, fact that he's the reigning U.S. Open champion, fact that he was uh, one or two spots next in line on the list when they shut the points list down, I'd be shocked if Gary Woodland wasn't part of the President's Cup team. The fact that he went out to see the Joker and had pizza with Tiger last night, maybe another fact they factor both as well. Right? And both of them do not believe that pineapple belongs on pizza. That alone... <laughs> That alone could get Gary Woodland in. Uh, this would be an historic victory for Tiger Woods. Um, you know, this is a funny one. I want, obviously, would love to see Tiger get the 82 and beyond and become the all-time winning player on the PGA Tour in terms of wins. But unlike Jack's record of 18 majors, 
This 82 Sam Snead record, for me, Bob, has always been very hard to digest because it's so fuzzy. Some of these wins, like where would Tiger be if you gave him all his silly season wins yeah. and Hero World Challenge? How many victories would he be at right now if you gave him his Hero World Challenge, his silly season? He'd be at 100 or something. Sam Snead's 82 wins? There's a lot there's of those some, in there, Bob. There's some team events in there. I mean, yes. it's, it's a little apples and oranges, but you got to recall that Back in those days, that's what they did. So it's hard to change the table on them and say that. But you're right. It's these comparing. It's not apples to apples for sure. And Tiger has won more individual stroke play, officially sanctioned full field tournaments compared to what Sam did. And what about it? If you, you know, I'd love to compile. We'll have to do this uh, one day. I will do this when I have some time on my hands. I would love to see because I've never seen a a global combined global win list. Yeah, uh, where that number did because guys like Gary Player's totals would be much higher, and sure. Greg Norman's totals would be much higher. And uh, well, Tiger, Tiger has the big win at Fox Harbor where he took on uh, Charles Barkley and Hank. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, regardless of that, when Tiger gets to 82, and if it happens this week or beyond. Um, we're going to celebrate it, and the golf world will certainly <laughs> celebrate it. That is for sure. Tiger Woods had the opportunity to speak with Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel following rounds of 64-64. Not like your first where you had to fight your way back a little cleaner. I'm a clinical out there, seven birdies, one bogey. How would you describe this round? Yeah, it was a little bit better ball striking-wise. Uh, still not quite how I'd like to have it, but uh, I scored well, and the conditions are a little bit more benign today. And... Uh, I was able to plus a good number. I hit a lot of good putts again today. Given how soft this golf course was, did that alter your strategy, at least compared to the first round? Uh, well, we were surprised. I think the whole field was surprised at the fact that we could have played it down today. Mm. Uh, the fairways drained so well, and uh, we need to have ball in hand. You know the guys are going to go low. And uh, soft greens like this, the ball's just plugging in the greens. You don't have to worry about too much spin, which is great. And um, just attack, you know, the... Uh, the conditions allow us to be really aggressive. We've seen you feed off the energy from crowds mm. throughout your career. Did you miss that today? No, today was just one of those days where um, we did this at Congressional one year, right. you know, when that direct come through there and it was just uh, like a ghost town. Uh, this was a little bit different, you know, when you make a putt and Got to put your hand up. It's like, hmm, don't really don't need to put your hand up. There's no one clapping. Well, you will have the crowd tomorrow, and it will be energetic and a long day of golf. How do you mentally prepare for this day? Well, it's going to be a long one, and we're going to play it from sun, sun up to sundown. So, um, you know, my tee time is going to be about 8.30 tomorrow, and um, we're going to finish probably a little bit later than we are right now. So it's going to be dark and um, probably looking to get somewhere near 27 holes in tomorrow. And... Uh, hopefully I can play well and get myself right there. You heard Tiger there talk about the catch-up they're going to play. Probably 27 holes. It will leave uh, nine left on a Sunday for us, which will be Monday in Japan. It'll be a test of the knee. It'll be a test of the back. It'll be a test of the game. And don't kid yourself, that type of walking on knees and backs, especially in those kind of wet, soft conditions, are not easy. It's like walking in a sandbox for uh, six, seven hours uh, the putter came around, Bob. You mentioned that uh, to me off air, how much you liked the way he was stroking the putter. He's second in putting. Got off to the rough start with the three bogeys on on the opening round. Ye- uh, yesterday's round, not the case. Here he is, two shots, three, six to go. Big pitcher. Has he done enough now to go playing captain? Uh, if he wins, I think yes. But as we were also talking about off air, 
and we'll get into you later on, uh, the ups and downs of this kind of stuff with uh, um, President's Cup stuff is just so emotional because one week to the next can have drastic implications for every, all sorts of players. I think, uh, I think the, the only thing that's still... If he gets through 27 holes and he looks good, then I'm a little bit more... I'm going to buy into it a little bit more. My big worry is still the guy that we saw post-Masters you didn't know who was going to show up in terms of his physical ability. Sometimes he had that bad back. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't play well. And I just don't know if you want to risk that guy waking up on Sunday singles with a crucial match to play. You know, there's lots of healthy guys. It's like there's no shortage of good talented players right now. But, yeah, I think it's if he, if he keeps this up, it's going to be hard not to pick him. And that's Tiger picking himself. Is so. that a bigger concern if this was Ryder Cup? Because you know how close it's yeah. going to be, yeah. where we are assuming Definitely. that this is going to be a blowout. And I don't know if that's smart, but I, I mean, on paper, historically, this has always been a blowout. There's only been two that have been close. Yep. So historically, it looks like a, it always has been a blowout. And on paper this time, it certainly looks like a blowout. Well, does that make it easier? I think, I think if this was the Ryder Cup, he would not pick, definitely not pick himself mm-hmm. unless he wins this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he could not win this week and still pick himself for the President's Cup. I think there's less pressure. But it also flips the other way where you say, well, why should he take up a spot for a guy who might cut his chops in that kind of team Certainly give, give, give a kid maybe his first look at international right. team play, thinking down the road that maybe 12 months from now uh, we could use him on that, uh, like a, a, a Colin Murakawa, a Matt Wolf, somebody like that. Yeah, somebody could off, be the, off the charts. Off the charts, say, hey, you know what? 12 months from now, Murakawa or Wolf could likely be on, a, on an international team. Let's give them a look. I mean, look at the guys who are not. Oh, I don't want to get into this too much. I know, I know we're going to spill it all with yeah, the yeah. President's Cup, but look at all the guys who are not on that team already. And there's a ton of talented guys that there's not like there's a shortage of players to fill the spot. Interesting how Jordan Spieth's name has not come up all year in this conversation. Before we go to break, Bob, what's the poll at for Tiger uh, right now? Poll. Because uh, last time I had a peak, it was 73% in favor it's, of Tiger. It's uh, seven, now gone up 74 to 26 that player that he will pick himself. So we are, our, our audience believes that 74% of our audience believes Tiger will pick himself. I also know that there's a huge percent of our audience that feel that. Uh, the PGA Tour, network television, etc., have already suggested that Tiger, you should pick yourself. In other words, we need you. Phil to Mickelson pick told him, yeah, to pick himself. That's right. Lots of people tell, but right. you're right from a TV standpoint. All right. On the other side, it's Kepka. It's Rory. Is it a rivalry? What do you think of the commentary? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. This show is flying, Bob. There is just so much to talk about this morning. I think I may, maybe I'll, I'm going to handcuff myself to the chair and hijack the station today. <laughs> just keep Golf Talk Canada on the Extra air. hour. We need an extra hour. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, this kind of broke while you and I were on our travels and, and off and about. Uh, Kepka 
asked about a potential budding rivalry between himself and Rory McIlroy. So let's just look at the last season. Uh, Both gentlemen with three wins. One with a great major season, one without. One with the Tour Championship FedEx Cup. Uh, a head-to-head probably uh, tied because uh, you know Rory got his revenge from uh, from uh, Memphis right. in Atlanta later on in the year. Uh, I was surprised when Player of the Year went to Rory McIlroy, although it was voted on by his peers. Maybe part of it's a popularity contest. Uh, you know, Rory is one of the most well-liked guys out there, as you have outlined many times. Um. Also, maybe we underestimated how the players look at the importance of the Players' Championship and the FedEx Cup. And for that matter, the Canadian Open, that a win on the PGA Tour is a win. End of the story. And those are big wins. And it's not just about majors. Maybe there's a large percent of the players that voted that felt that way. Who knows? Regardless, it went Rory McIlroy. Anyway, Kepka was asked what he thought about the budding rivalry. And this was the quote. I've been out here for, what, five years. Rory hasn't won a major since I've been on the PGA Tour, so I don't view it as a rivalry, close quote. That's the actual quote. He went on to say that he's he's the number one player in the world. As far as he's concerned, he has an open road in front of him, uh, and he's not looking in the rearview mirror. That was Kepka's comment. Now, before we get into this, Bob, let's hear Rory McIlroy's reply. Touch on the Kepka chat. We we have to talk about it. Um, I'm just going to keep it simple. My question is going to be, what did you make of it? Yeah. Um, thought like, like I think it's hard. We all get asked in press conferences about other players, and like I've had it where it's like, why you know, why are these guys asking me about someone else? Aren't we not supposed, supposed to be to here to talk about me? Yeah. And, and like, like yeah, what Brick said wasn't wrong. Like, I mean, he's been the best player in the world for the last couple of years, four majors. Um, don't think he had to remind me that I haven't won one in a while, but no. Um, I love Brooks. He's a great guy. Um, obviously super competitive like we all are. Hmm. And yeah, look, it's a, I guess I can see where he's coming from. You know, we all, we're, we're out here. We don't really, we can't control anyone else. We just have to play our own golf. And then, you know, look, Brooks, I... You know, I, I said a couple of things after the Tour Championship in terms of I, I approached that final round like a little bit of a rivalry because he got one over on me uh, in Memphis and I sort of wanted to get him back. So, like, I think that's good for the game. Um, I think if you take what Brooks said out of context, then obviously it can become this big thing that it's become. But Brooks and I are good. We're, we're good friends. And, you know, I've been really happy for him to see how good he's played over the past couple of years. And, you know, I'm sure he'll continue to do so, just like we're all trying to, to play as good as we can. Okay, Bob, thoughts on Kepka's comments when you first heard them and thoughts on how Rory's reaction to them? Uh, Kepka's comments to me are always sort of along the lines of what I think when I talk to Brooks or when he makes a comment. It's like, he's not wrong. <laughs> you know, what he's saying may not be uh, delicate or, or politically correct or whatever, but what he's saying isn't wrong. He's the number one player in the world. He's uh, won majors, four majors, since, since the last time that Rory won any. And if you're counting them on majors, then, then, then he's certainly the best player. I don't think that means, in my own opinion, that you can't have a rivalry with someone. So if, if number one and number two in the world don't have a rivalry, that seems kind of weird. And that's where they are in the rankings. And I think, you know, you, you look at those two head-to-heads, you look at the player of the year voting, 
Um, you know, you look at those kind of things together, and certainly most rivalries are driven by the outside rather than the actual combatants per se. Um, but it's it's a little bit to me rem- reminiscent of Phil and Tiger. You know, they're they're they haven't really gone head to head enough yet, and they haven't gone head to head in a major uh, yet for me to kind of say. Yeah, this is. I hope this happens every week. Well, I agree with you a thousand percent because it, it, to have a rivalry, I know again it, it comes from the outside mainly. The only way it doesn't come from the outside is if they get paired together in final rounds with chances to win golf tournaments in big events. Listen, last year we saw it twice, and once was a tour championship, and once was a world golf championship event. Okay, if that happens six, seven times a year, if it happens in big events, we're going to get our, our rivalry. It also comes in separation from the rest of the field, like Palmer Nicholas, like Nicholas Watson. When those rivalries were, were taking place, for that matter, Norman Faldo, they were ahead of the rest. It was Watson and Nicholas in the 70s, and late 70s, and then everybody else. Right. So right now, if you look at the official World Golf Rankings, yes, it's Kepka 1, and yes, it's Rory 2, and Kepka has certainly some separation over Rory. Rory does not have the a massive separation, a little bit of separation over DJ, but... You know, there's not like the two of them and then and then the B field. I think those things need to happen before it's just not us kind of throwing it at them, us being fans, media, etc. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not what Kepka's never what he says, it's how he says it. Yeah. He's always that guy. Uh the flip side of that coin is boy has Rory gotten so good at being honest. Because he's always been honest. But boy, has he gotten so good at, at not only maintaining his honesty, but just get just knowing how to deflect, pop, put the pin in the balloon, let the air out. He just was so good with his response. And I thought, you know, what I heard with Rory there was some honesty. And, and, and underneath the breath, what I'm hearing there is, uh, I'll let my clubs do the talking. And we'll see. I agree 100%. I think, um, and I think, I think that it has the makings that it could become a good rivalry. Um, but but you never know. I mean, look, John Rahm's played as well as anybody in the last three or four months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's other guys who are going to factor into this because someone has a hot year. But whoever's number one always has the right to say, "Yeah, I'm I'm the best right now," and that's right. what that's what Brooks is doing. And it's you don't normally hear that in golf. You hear that in boxing or right. some other sports where guys will will shout it out. So that's why it's unusual for me to Brooks. But I find him, and I think talking to other players about him. They find him kind of very refreshing and very and very. There's nothing wrong with what he says. Well, or he's he's polarizing, right, Bob? Because there are you know there are players that that do say, oh, he's refreshing. I like the transparency. I like the honesty. I like how he treats golf like how what you suggested a boxer would look at, or a lot of other individual sports talk that way. Or you're more old school and you're offended by his comments and you find him rough around the edges. So he's very polarizing, which is why I I would nothing more. I would love to see now, obviously. It'd be great to see Tiger have another successful year, and hopefully uh, 2020 looks more like the start of 2019 for Tiger than it looked like the end. That would be great. It'd be great to see Phil Mickelson get back in the winner's circle. It'd be great that these kids that, that have come to the surface in the last six months continue to play great. All those things would be great stories for 2020 in the world of golf. But if you could have an abrasive American uh, polarizing figure in Brooks Kepka. With a rivalry of a European, everyone loves 
uh, the Rory, they still look at Rory like the kid bouncing down the fairway with the curls hanging out the side of the hat, right? It, it has everything you need for a rivalry, sure. including the fact that there's a Ryder Cup next year where they could, you know, it, where it could culminate in, in Wisconsin. And how good would that be? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of lots of things. I mean, who knows what's going to happen when you get to Augusta? Who knows? You know, there's all sorts of possibilities out there. Well, and there you go, right there, because at the end of the day. The best way to get this thing going and the best way to shut up Brooks Kepka is for Rory to go and complete yeah. that career grand slam at Augusta. And next year, we'll have another year, another calendar year, the second year in a row, where uh, we will be heading into the season with the opportunity of three players completing career grand slams, starting with Rory at Augusta and then the PGA with Jordan Spieth and then, of course, the U.S. Open with Phil Mickelson. So... Um, if you right now looking at those three in that storyline, you got to think that Rory has the best chance of of any of those three. Listen, Rory had a hell of a year last year; it can only get better. All right, on the other side, Bob, Presidents Cup implications. We'll set up the second hour of GTC. But where are we now with this Presidents Cup? And you said something that I've been thinking for a long time, off mic to me uh, when we were in commercial break is is how uh, how emotional we react almost on a week to week basis of. Who's going to be on this team? Who we think is going to be on this team? How the captains go through their process? I think I'm more confused now <laughs> than I was six months ago. We'll take a look at President's Cup and potentially where we're at next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wind up the first hour. Look to the back side where we have uh, winners, weird and what. We're going to have Scully time. We'll talk a little bit about the National Golf Club of Canada, potential sale there, what's happening in Glen Abbey and how it really talks a little bit about maybe what golf looks like in the future in, in, in big urban landscapes because other countries have been dealing with it for a long time as it finally landed on Canadian soil. Maybe it has. We'll get you caught up on everything GTC in the world and we'll get you caught up on leaderboards from around the world of golf. Before we get the President's Cup, Bob, I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs. Uh, I talked to uh, Andrew last night by email. They've uh, been awarded the cover of Golf Magazine's first ever top 100 resorts in North America so they made the list got the cover so more accolades and, and awards for Cabot and uh, just starting to be just beloved on a global scale and it's, I know you were out there just a couple weeks ago it's been on the cover of golf week it's been on the cover of golf magazine uh, I mean it's just been amazing what these guys have yeah I was out there a couple weeks ago I had the distinct pleasure now this is amazing so mm. I was out there for the RBC Scramble. yes we haven't had a chance to talk about that great event but they played uh, on the Cliffs course on the Wednesday, no, Monday. I can't remember what day it was I got there. I saw this. <laughs> this I, is amazing. So I said, well, I'm going to go out there because there's nobody on the course now, and there was nobody on, well, there's nobody in front of me. So I said, I'm going to play like four or five holes. I played 18 holes at the Cliffs by myself. Never saw another group until I got to 18, which was the, the last group of the scramble was still there. Two hours, 20 minutes walking. It looked perfect. It was like, boy, it was luxury. It was there you go. Well, you deserve it, Bob. Everybody. You deserve it. Congrats so. to everybody out there, especially yeah. Andrew. 
That's awesome. Very so good. well done, guys. All right, President's Cup, Bob. Um, you and I said, and we'll get into this with Scully a little because we need more breathing room on this. <laughs> We're not going to be able to do this in, in five, six minutes, but, so we'll have to bring uh, Scully in on this one. But you and I have been reacting to this President's Cup team on both sides. So, um, and it is so reactionary. And the one thing I said to you earlier this morning was you got to assume the captains have a process because if they don't have a process and they haven't talked about it months in advance with their assistant captains, then they're acting reactionary to this, which I, I can't think is the best thing to do. So I'll just start with this. Who has the tougher job, Ernie Els or Tiger Woods? And the reason that's a question is a lot of our listeners are going, well, of course it's Ernie Els because he doesn't have the talent pool to pick from. I understand that, but it's a bigger question because, yes, Ernie Els doesn't have the talent pool to pick from. But Tiger has more a political environment and friction, potential friction of leaving people off the team, et cetera, way more than Ernie Els has. Very good question. And I think, uh, I think the choice, there's more choices for Tiger, more legitimate choices for Tiger. And, um, and of course, the big choice about whether he picks himself or not and how that ram- has the ramifications of doing that. But I would say Tiger has more difficult choice. I think there's some good options for Ernie, but he's still looking to f- scramble around and find some people who are who are going to fill out the lineup. And there are some people who are playing well right now. You just don't know. Um, See, I think doing. you and I might be the only two people on the planet that that answer this question the same way. I'm with you. I think we're I think we're an island to ourselves saying that Tiger's got the harder job because they're going. How is it a hard job? He's got like nothing but top players in the world to choose from. How's it? It's not that. It's Tiger has the question of that Ernie Els doesn't have to answer. Who do you leave off this team? Right. Ernie doesn't have that question. Tiger says has he has to answer the question. Do you pick yourself? Ernie doesn't have to ask. That. Ernie's got to find just something. Give me something that gives the, me a chance. The the most interesting part about this and making the picks and why I think it's most really difficult for both of them is the length of time between the automatic selections and the captain's picks. It's a long time, and you want that because you want guys who are playing well going yes. into it. But boy, that it's just like we were talking about this off air. <laughs> it ebbs and flows, and like every week. So, like, here's a perfect example of a myself sticking my foot in my mouth. So, this week I wrote a story right. on TSN.ca about why Tiger shouldn't pick himself. I didn't see this. I and didn't. I list, I was this why I was away? Yeah. And okay. So I listed a number of different reasons. And then two days later, he goes out and he shoots 64. 64. Yes. And so now well, I look like an idiot. Yeah, well, so you've been in it for 30 yeah. years. You know what this is like. And, and you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like we do this to ourselves on a weekly basis. Yeah, Bob. hourly maybe. Yeah, maybe show. hourly. Uh, but then you also go back and look. Just look at the two Canadians. Right. So at the end of the season, I thought Corey Connors was playing really well. He He's a lock. He's a championship. He's a lock. Then he kind of takes some time yeah. off. And Mike Weir actually helped him. He told me pick his... Schedule, schedule leading into the selections. So he had some time off. All of a sudden, Adam Hadwin puts together a second, a tie for third, mm-hmm. starts playing Has well. Has international experience. Right. So now all of a sudden, Corey Connors is no longer the lock, and Adam Hadwin is the mm-hmm. lock. But and, look at the leaderboard this week. Look, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now I think Corey Connors might be the So, and that, to, you know, the Canadian... Uh, the Canadian story that you've just outlined is, is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Else can't be looking at that. He 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 ha- can't be that reactionary. He said he must be going okay. This is our team. 
This is where we have holes. These are the types of players I need, whether it's short game, distance, international experience, whatever it is they've come to in their war room, so to speak, around the table. And then when the time comes, he's going to look at the best players that have the players that have played the best in the last three months that fit those categories. I, I don't think he can be as reactionary as, as what you and I are no. to this. Because I'll tell you something else right now. To the to the U.S.'s point, you know Woodland's playing great. He's the reigning U.S. Open champion. Tony Finau's playing great. He missed by one spot. How do you keep him off the team? Impossible. Ricky Fowler won this year. Very popular. Great in the room. They love him. He's been on every team in the last decade, it seems. Fowler's on this team. Well, there goes three spots right there. So now it just comes down to Team USA. This is all down to one spot. Does Tiger pick himself? And if he doesn't pick himself, does it automatically go to Patrick Reed? Or does he go to, to, to Mickelson? We'll get into Mickelson a little bit in Winner's Weird and What. And if Brooks Kepka can't play... And there's two picks left on the table. Does that open up another door for for, for, Kisner. for, for a Kisner who's great in match play, play, great in the room? Uh, again, on, on Ernie's side of the fence, Yaki Neiman wins at Greenbrier. Okay? Young kid, like huge upside. Okay? Yaki Neiman, no baggage. What about the baggage factor, Bob? We talk about the baggage factor on Team USA in the Ryder Cup, about needing new blood on that U.S. Ryder Cup team so that they forget what's happened in the last 15 years of Ryder Cup history. Well, what about the European, uh, excuse me, what about the international side? Could you not say the same thing, that they need new blood that don't have the history of getting their heads beaten in in the international <laughs> competition? Okay. Yaki Neiman wins at Greenbrier. Sebastian Munoz wins at Sanderson Farms. Okay. Right there, two winners on the PGA Tour that have no baggage, huge upside, young players. You know, th- does winning is that automatic? Make them? I don't know. There's I a do lot not of, know. A lot of different possibilities about how you slice this dice, how you pick it up, and the guys who win the cup are going to be said, "Oh, you made great picks," and the guys who lose are going to say, "Oh, why would you pick him?" It's true. I mean, there's so many. Th- are you going to sit Patrick Reed because of what he, how he threw everybody under the bus after the Ryder Cup? That's you, you know, you, you myself, gonna- Jamie Rydell, Adam Scully, yeah. all of us collectively, when it happened, the Ryder Cup, we all looked at each other and said, oh, "That's the last time he gets picked. Yeah. He's going to have to qualify." Yeah, Sung J M, uh, Rookie of the Year, great player. Do you pick guys based on? The golf ball they use. I'll tell you, last year, last time in the President's Cup, they had a hard time matching Adam Hadwin with another Callaway ball player. That was an interesting one as well. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because on the U.S. side, you you have a very difficult time with Tiger. Yeah. Because most of these guys do not play a ball that spins and is soft as what Tiger. Tiger plays an old-school golf ball. There's nobody on that Team USA team that plays anything like that. No, exactly. So, you know, these are all things that come into the equation. Okay, we're going to dive maybe a little further into that with Adam Scully during Scully time. Lots to get to with Scully. Scully time might be three hours today. Might be a three-hour uh, scully time. Winners, weird, and what? Uh, urban golf landscape in Canada is sell- selling of, of, of now that the national might be for sale. How serious is this? How does that change the way we feel about this? Leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. If you're a fan of Golf Talk Canada television, we have the top 100 courses in Canada as voted on by the PGA of Canada. It's their list, not ours. Their list. You had to be a PGA professional, PGA member uh, of Canada professional, to have a vote. They voted top 50 private, top 50 public resort. We have a special coming up in November, one-hour Golf Talk Canada TV special. That will be coming up in November. We'll give you some hard broadcast dates on that when we know Golf Talk Canada Radio doesn't go anywhere. And if you don't 
live in a market where you get hour two of GTC, you can hop on at tsn.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and stream the second hour. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome to GTC. Welcome back, Hour 2. I'm already confused. I thought you had the tea. <laughs> no, I have the tea. The tea. This, is, this uh, is three dub. I, this guy's right such an idiot here. Yeah. This is, it says right there on my I'm sheet. I'm looking at the lineup sheet right here. I says, think I, I'm pretty sure Scully threw me for a curveball that he put down that I have the tea, Bob. But when he left the studio earlier, he pointed at you and said that you had the tea. That's was, what I'm going with. No, he was pointing at me saying, you have to get the coffee. Oh! All right, <laughs> That's well, what I heard. Is that what it okay. is? I like, by the way, I'm, I'm, I have one of those at home. I'm digging the Masters travel cup. travel cup. Looks good. I have one at home, but I I think I may have lost the lid to mine. Uh, that's yes, not, very that's good, not good. It's no, it's <laughs> not good if you travel. That's <laughs> not travel good, eh? Not to have a lid. <laughs> All, right. All right, hour two. Lots to get to. Scully time. Leaderboards. But we kick it off, as always, with three dub winners. Weird and what? And Bob T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. There's no secret I'm a Phil Mickelson fan. Yeah, really. All right. Everybody knows it. Love Phil. Uh, just love what he's done his career, the way he plays the game. Um, a lot of guys that took that long to get the monkey off his back wouldn't have had the career that he ended up having, et cetera, et cetera. We can go on forever about Phil. About two, three months ago, I sat in this chair and I said to you and Scully, I said, nothing would make me happier than if Phil Mickelson stood up, took the class route, was a class act and 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 removed himself from the President's Cup conversation so that you know you could take that heat off Tiger because back then we were still talking about you know does Tiger want to be the guy that ends Phil's run 25 years of of, of playing for Team USA and yada yada and the, and the story was a little larger at the time I think than what it is maybe now Mickelson last week comes out and says listen Tiger should pick himself. I've done nothing to deserve a pick. I haven't played good enough. I'm in great shape. I'm excited about next year. I'm working on my game. I'm seeing signs. But I have not done what I needed to do. I added a lot of events to his schedule in the fall. He suggested looking for a win. It didn't happen. I did not do what I need to do to be a part of this team. And I think uh, it was a class move, Bob. Uh, I think most of the world has already kind of assumed that he's not going to be a part of this team. Maybe he gets added as an assistant captain at some point. Uh, under that's, that's likely. That's probably likely. But I thought that was a class move. And what did you feel when you heard the comments? Yeah, I think I, I also think it makes it 
in some ways easier for Tiger to pick him if he really does want to in some ways in some because ways. he's taking the heat off him. He's not judging him on a lot of different things where he's comparing him to others. He just says, look, I, I, I know Phil doesn't want to play, but I want him there. And that always sounds good, right? Certainly. But, uh, but I think you're right. I think this is the time that it ends, and I think if it does go this way, then I think Phil has done the classy thing and just kind of removed himself from the conversation. Thus, my winner this week, lefty Phil Mickelson. My weird this week, an announcement on Tiger's new memoir. A book mm-hmm. from the and, and Tiger has come out and suggested that this book. There's been a lot of books written. Uh, one from a, a friend uh, in Lauren Rubinstein, yep, uh, which I thought was the the best of all I mean, the Tiger was, books. That was just specific about one event, yes, that, and that was Tiger talking to Lauren, so. right? And I thought that out of all the Tiger books that have been written, that was the one that I enjoyed. I think a lot of them have just been, you know, might as well be smut mags from London, <laughs> right? You know what right. I mean? Um, Tiger suggested there's been a lot of things written over the years, a lot of them false, a lot of them speculative. This will be his this will be his words, his memoir, his story. Uh, it's going to be called back. If it, and I just find the whole thing weird, the timing of the announcement weird, the title back I find weird. And for a guy who hasn't really been He's a much different guy now than he was through the majority of his career, but transparency was never really a word I, I probably would have tagged a Tiger. I wonder how honest he's going to be in this book, Bob. Well, it's, it's his chance to tell his side of the story, and he can do whatever he wants with it, whether we feel it officially <laughs> or unofficially. But I think, it's, I think it's good. I love the title. I think the title has the double entendre yes, in there. They're are wonderful. But uh, I think a lot of people are going to be anxious to see this and read it. And I'm sure he's working with someone. I don't even know who he's working with. It might be Lauren. But Is it you? I, I don't know. Or is it you? <laughs> no, it's not me. Are we breaking the story right <laughs> yes. now? Okay. Is it you? Tiger, come on in. <laughs> no. um, he's here this morning. Yeah, but I think it's going to be uh, riveting to see what he says. Let's just call it book back. <laughs> Let's making some putts. Quiet, quiet, quiet. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. All right, my what this week. I'm taking the uh, cup half full approach on my what since we've been off a couple weeks. What a streak. Now, the streak has come to an end at 19. But Victor Hovland, which is in uh, still early in his first year as a professional, uh, has broken Bob Estes' streak of the PGA Tour, which was back in 2001. Bob Estes had 17 consecutive rounds in the 60s. Victor Hovland, in his first year as professional, broke it by two. 19 rounds to start his PGA Tour career in the 60s, Bob finally came to an end last week at the CJ Cup. But Victor Hovland, who is, you know, we're going to call it the big, let's go with the new big three yeah. of Wolf, Morikawa, and Hovland, the one that hasn't won, uh, still doing incredible things to impress. Uh, went to web.com tour school, got his uh, full time status on the PGA Tour, has made a large bucket of streaks. Broke Bob S's record. This is uh, this is quite the class of young players that we're looking at right now. Nineteen rounds in the sixties on courses he's never seen before on a tour he's never been on before. What a streak, Bob! Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive for a young guy, and uh, he's a pretty impressive guy. I got to see him at the, and talk to him a little bit at the president or at the U.S. Open this year, where he was playing. Um, you know, he's got. He's obviously from Norway, but he speaks perfect English. He's, uh, I mean, just an, um, a wonderful guy in so many different ways. Very gracious, very friendly. And for a young guy, I think, man, the upside of this kid is 
spectacular. And before we close the door on this, Bob, talking about captains and talking about picks, 12 months from now, I wonder if Podrick Harrington has something mm, to discuss maybe. or decide when it comes to a European squad yes. and Victor Hovland. All right, Bob, teaser is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! So I've I've got a good I've got a a triple decker here with my winner weird and what they're all a little bit off off. That's not charges. like you. I, no, exactly, exactly. My winner this week is Eddie Pepperell. Okay. And I want to go. I'm going to say that, and then I want to go back and explain something to you. There's a TV show in the UK called First Dates. Have you heard about this show? I've no, no. No. So essentially, what they do is they take the, over this steakhouse in uh, in London, beautiful steakhouse. They close it all down. They fit it up with about I think there's like 60 cameras in this place. They have a big crew that goes around and is working on this, but they pair people up, people who've never met before, and they have their first date. And at the end of the show, they ask them if they want to go on a second date. Ah, They've even got a a spinoff called First Date Hotel, where you actually go to a hotel restaurant, and then if things are really good, they give the option of going upstairs. Yeah, exactly. So Martin Keimer is a guy who has apparently had a hard time finding a girlfriend. Really? So Eddie Pepperell was playing alongside him this week at the <laughs> Portugal Masters. Okay. And they made a bet. And the bet was that if Pepperell beat Keimer head up on their round, he got to sign Keimer up for first date. Come on. So he did. He beat him. I right. think he beat him by two. And then they went up. And so right after, they have a, actually have a clip uh, on his social media of Eddie Pepperell calling the people from first dates to get Martin Keimer signed up. That is awesome. And now I know what all those TV cameras were doing with Heather and I in <laughs> yeah, London. I, I Having the out. time of his life. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Uh, we'll be following this story to see how Martin does in his date. It is he, well, and you now listen, Martin Keimer, not a bad-looking guy. He's I got know. a major. He's you know, uh, uh, he's got a couple. Majors. He's got a couple majors. Former number one in the world. Shouldn't be too hard to find a, a nice gal. Well, Bob. apparently, uh, apparently they want him to. Uh, they want him to have uh, find find true love. At least Eddie does. So. Uh, maybe all the women were as upset with him when he went searching for the draw to win at Augusta maybe, as I was. Maybe, maybe that's maybe it. That's it. Okay. Uh, my weird this week, and this happened a couple of weeks ago, the Senior LPGA Championship. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yes, I did watch a little bit. Uh, keep an eye on this. And the reason I did is it was at French Lick, Indiana, at right. the P-Die course, which I was at earlier this year shooting an episode of Off the Hustle, and I played 8,100 yards. Yes, I remember we were trying to actually link up with you to tape. Remember uh, that? <laughs> That's right. did not go so well. We had a little bit of trouble. But anyway, there's a woman named Leanne Walker who played in the Senior LPGA Championship. And her, uh, her scores mm-hmm. were a little high. In two rounds, she shot 127.90. This is a professional golfer. Yes. Why did she shoot 127? Your favorite rule, Bob. She didn't know the rule that you're not allowed to have a caddy line you up. And so she actually didn't know what was going on. And finally, someone pointed it out to her. And she went to her playing partners, who were Laura Baugh mm-hmm. and uh, Laura Shanahan-Rowe, who are both veteran LPGA Tour players. She said on the on the 14th hole. She says, "I think I may have broken a rule." So they called over the uh, the uh, USGA person who was ruling there, or the PGA, I should say, person there, and uh, they charged her with 42 strokes. Right. They went strokes. had to go back to the first tee Thursday. Exactly. Right. This is halfway through Friday at this exactly. point. Right. So yeah. She actually shot 85, added 42 for the 127. <laughs> so she said, uh, she said, "She said this is my first competitive round since 19 since 2011 or 2012." Yeah. 
Uh, I don't watch golf. I knew there were rule changes. I just honestly didn't know them. Just plain and simple. My stupidity for not going over the rules. She says she's wanted, always wanted to be known for something in golf. And yeah, she got it. She got it she done. Is. Now she is. Uh, my what this week is, uh, what an interesting move we just found out from the PGA Tour. Yes, breaking news. Yeah, so they're going to have gambling. They've always talked about this. In fact, I interviewed the commissioner. I think we had it on Golf Talk Canada TV talking about the projections for having gambling because gambling was starting to be legalized in places other than just Las Vegas. And now, in 2020, they've taken the step that they say there's going to be on-site gambling at a number of events on the PGA Tour which is really, really interesting. You'll see it in the marketplace next year, said Jay Monahan. It's all about engagement. When done right, it gives fans the opportunity to engage with your sport over a longer period of time and have more interest in what's happening across the entire player. So I'm so confused by this or looking for the details on this, Bob. So are they, so, you know, obviously the PGA Tour isn't going to operate this themselves. No, they've, so got they're a, they've gonna actually be, paired with IMG. Oh, I, okay, so IMG, okay, area. is going to bring in... They're going to have like a, a bookie on site. Like, oh, is this like, like going in London? It's going to be like going to the racetracks where you, I guess, maybe yeah. you can go and bet. You go uh, to the window. You can bet on a triactor, and you can bet on. Uh, like, is know, that what this is going to be? Dollars on Philly Mick to win. So, it, do you think? I think that's where this is going. Maybe, maybe operated on a cell phone. That's what I was wondering. Like, I'm, like I'm shocked that you know this is going not going to be part of the app, really. You but know, one of, the, one of the things Jay Monahan did tell me when we. Discussed this topic in an interview was that they are you're never you're not generally going to be allowed to bet on one guy to win, because that opens the door to yes potentially you know, skewing right. results. They may take a lot of the shot link information, so you may say on this tee who's going to hit better, who's going to hit it further, right. right, or things like that. Is it going to be Jason Day or Ernie Els or right. just using right. an example? Yeah. So I think there's a lot a uh, lot to come on a lot this, of but, side action, but it's kind of interesting that they're going to have on-site betting. Could be interesting to keep our eye on this and see where it goes. You know, it, it, again, like you said, especially in an individual sport, a lot easier, like to Jay Monahan's point, to stay away from this person's going to win over that person because uh, it's a cloudy world in an individual sport. A lot harder in a, in a team sport to get 42 guys to buy in to maybe, you know, yeah. massaging a line <laughs> right. or something along those lines. But in, in an individual sport, if there's enough action laid on one person one day, hmm, that's a little scary, isn't interesting. it? Very interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Something else, Bob, that is interesting to see is what is happening to some of our golf courses here. In uh, Toronto, in the province of Ontario, uh, of course, York, the sale of, sale of York Downs uh, went through a year ago, and, uh, and they will be transitioning out of membership in, in the next year or so. Uh, there were rumors and discussion that Beacon Hall was reevaluating what their land might be worth and what it, uh, and what it could be used for. Uh, Glen Abbey, of course, is the most famous one on a national and international scale because I have friends, you know, that I work with on PGA Tour Radio that, that ask me what's going on with Glen Abbey, yada, yada, yada. And now the National Golf Club of Canada, which was often ranked and, and still has been ranked as the number one golf course in the country. Certainly the sternest test, as Bob alluded to off the top of the show, and one of the most famous, in fact, that it lands on the top 100 global list often of Golf Magazine and Golf Digest. Considering the sale of the club, how serious? Where did this come from? We'll get into it next, give you an update on Glen Abbey. And what does this mean for just golf in Toronto and other potential major cities in Canada? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. 
No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. Man, has it been a busy show today. Uh, more local news, and I guess it's local news, but... And again, I said off the top of the show, sometimes Toronto problems aren't necessarily Canadian problems. Uh, although I could see this becoming an issue somewhere down the road on the West Coast, certainly in Vancouver with the the cost of their real estate and, and condensed population right in downtown Vancouver, etc. But Toronto's starting to run into some problems the way maybe a Tokyo, a London, a Manhattan it bumps into. And this is what happens when you have 8 million people in, in the greater Toronto area and, and land at the, the, you know, the cost that it is. But, okay, Glen Abbey, let's, let's not get too deep into that because the lawyers are going to tie that up for five years. There were some rulings this week where both sides of the fence got a mini victory and they thought they had a mini victory and then it kind of got flipped at them. Regardless of that, Glen Abbey is going to be tied up for a while. We still don't know what's going on there. It depends on who you talk to. It depends on which lawyer you speak with. But since that, Bob, in the recent uh, week or so, last two weeks, a uh, conversation that the National Golf Club of Canada received an offer to purchase their land that would net out each member roughly a quarter of a million dollars, if you do the math on it, um, each, uh, which has stirred some conversation at the National that maybe they should reevaluate the purpose of their golf course and what it might be potentially worth on the open market. But here we go again, another golf course. And this time, man, if the National, like they said in night, was it 1987, 1980, 1988? If you can trade Wayne Gretzky, yeah. you can trade anybody. So this has a lot of uh, a lot of different tentacles that reach out in it, and uh, and I won't get into the Glen Abbey thing right away, but the, basically the story behind the National was there was a piece in the Globe and Mail, a good piece by a guy named Andrew Willis, and it, it revealed the fact that a uh, developer had made an offer to the uh, to the National Golf Club, and that triggered a bunch of different things. And I spent most of yesterday on the phone with the five or six different GMs in the city, um, sort of looking at this and from a couple of different angles, and I can tell you. Basically, every golf club in the city has received an offer to develop the golf course. Now, most of these offers are just like, as one manager described it to me, it says, dear sir or madam. They're not, they're just kicking tires. They're just seeing if there's any appetite for any of these golf courses to perhaps sell their land because the majority of them now are on good pieces of land. And we've seen a number recently, not just Glen Abbey, but uh, the old Board of Trade, the Country Club. Now, that's that's one that's gone. And... Um, there's, I was sitting talking with a guy yesterday on the phone going back and thinking of all the golf courses that have disappeared. Lauren Rubenstein has a really good column on Score Golf talking about all the old golf courses in the Toronto area. So this is, this is nothing really new. It's just, I think, a little bit surprising because the National is, as you pointed out, Mark, one of the great golf courses of this country. So essentially what happens, some guy comes in, made an offer, and the way the status is right now, that offer has to go to the membership. But really before they can do that, they have to figure out 
how much is this land worth? Because we don't know if we're underselling or overselling. Can we get more? Uh, there's talk that maybe the, 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 uh, the person behind this is just starting to start a bidding war. Maybe there's a club member behind it mm-hmm. trying to bid this thing up and get their money out of it. So there's lots of angles and lots of things that will happen. And like Glen Abbey, nothing's going to happen quick. Like, like from what I was told, valuation on this land could take a while. And this vote that they're going to have at the membership might not take place till the spring. Um, but this is in a bigger picture, as I said, Basically, every manager that I talked to said, yeah, we've had some people that have been serious, not so serious, putting in offers. It puts a strain on the club because a lot of clubs don't know what to, the, what to do. When an offer comes in that's kind of an off-the-cuff one, are they, uh, do they have a fiduciary responsibility to take it to their members or what? So do they have a bylaw and a process already in place to, to do this that they're unaware of? And if they don't, do they need one now? Exactly. That's the whole thing. So it triggers a lot of work for the golf clubs for sure. And like you say, it could be a big payoff. And, and you know, York Downs is the big one where all the members got a big chunk. And there was some talk, actually, that uh, the guy who bought York Downs actually flipped it again. Really? And made a whole bunch of money on it. Wow. So I think they got one more year at York Downs. Well, all, there's a bunch of things going on here in the sense that although, you know, although none of this is going to happen quickly, and although a lot of these will just be rumors and never actually transpire into sales, this story in the Toronto area is not going away. No. Because land is worth a fortune. Uh, there are other things at play here. Uh, a lot of these courses can't be developed because a percent of their golf course, or, or a larger percent, depending on, on where you are, is environmentally protected, uh, and you can't build. Some of these golf courses, like my club, the Toronto Hunt, Scarborough Golf Club, uh, Rosedale, uh, I believe Denelda falls into this category, Toronto Golf, uh, made deals with the city years ago to keep for a green taxes. space for tax incentives. Now, you get to a certain meeting point, though, Bob, where the land is worth so much that the tax penalty still isn't great enough to defer the sale of the club because you're just you're saying no to too much dough. Um, I'm curious as to what this looks like more 30 years from now. You know, last year, participation in the game of golf was up uh, in the U.S., in America for the second year in a row. And why was it up? Not because more people are going out to the golf course to put the peg in the ground. It was things like top golf and different ways of accessing golf outside the traditional means of going and playing a golf course that saw an increase in participation under the golf umbrella. You know, Top Golf made an announcement 3 years ago with Cineplex Odeon that they were coming to Canada. I've heard nothing since. Uh- the story there is they just can't find the land that makes it makes it uh, a legitimate doable business operation. Right. So where are we in a Toronto? Where are we Toronto wise in this cycle? Where are we in the Tokyo cycle? Where golf in Tokyo, unless you are in the top one percent of the population of the economy. You access golf in, in, in a parking garage, hitting into a net, in, in a golf simulators. Uh, golf courses don't exist. London, Manhattan. You know, Toronto, I don't think we're in, in fear of going th- that far down the scale, but there's certainly going to be a nudge and a movement in that direction in the next t- 10, 20, 30 years. This all goes back to the, you know, the, the big conversation during uh, our, our national election and certainly in a, provis- a provincial election here in Toronto about affordable housing and what land. Where are we 30 years from now? Are we, 
Have we lost all these inner city clubs? Have we lost the public golf courses? Scare me even more, Bob, because there was already talk. There was someone went after a few of our public golf courses trying to get their name in the paper last summer at a municipal level, trying to show how they could be used for better things. They didn't have their ducks in a row. They had misinformation, which which was good because it took the bullets out of their guns, so to speak. We start losing that. How do we get clubs in kids' hands if they, if they don't live in the country? Well, you know, green space is green space, whether it's a golf course or whether it's a park, and that's an important part for any city. But you're right. At some point, the land just becomes too valuable to, be, to, to remain as that. And, and in most cases, you know, these golf courses, it's about a three-to-one kind of margin in terms of the land that you can actually uh, develop and the land that you, can, that you would have to leave anyway. For instance, at Glen Abbey, all those holes down in the valley the, the best never, holes. Would, not, would not be developed. Right. Those would stay the same. So, so what you're saying, Bob, is we're going to have some of the greatest six-hole golf courses. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, we have run out of time on this one. Man, you could you could dive deep into this uh, from a city planning standpoint and what this means moving forward. This is a big can of worms, but uh, I'm sure we will touch it again. On the other side, man... We got a lot to chew through here with Scully. I'm, I'm curious his opinion on all this stuff. President's Cup, Kepka, Rory, Tiger. So much to get to. Scully time next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. What? He's bold. I, you know, I am full of bold predictions. He's brash. I think Brooke is going to get one win next year. Ooh. Just one. Will it be a major? No, but I think it's going to be in Canada. Oh, oh that would be good. He's ballistic. Producer Scully, could you come and uh, cut the uh, the beer tap off here? He's bonkers. Spraying his balls with wa- his golf Excuse balls. Excuse me? Spraying <laughs> his golf balls with water. It's Scully time. <laughs> I want that as my ringtone right there. Bah, 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 the whole thing? Just the whole, yeah, I want the whole thing. balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skulls. How's it going, brother? Good to be back. How was your uh, two week? I know Bob. You know Bob went uh, ran the marathon and had some things. He went to RBC Scramble. Had some things going on. Well, well I, I mean, right off the top, up. we had a great golf game, and we, we, yeah. we missed you. Yes, I know. We, we did. I know. We did. Uh, the forecast wasn't great. I know. Uh, Lawrence Applebaum, golf yes. guy, the CEO, joined us, and yes. uh, Hound Dog Harrison, the stats guy on the Jay yes. and Dan show. Yes. Uh, we had a fun time. Beautiful day. Baby's just in great shape. What like, fall golf? In, like September. October, you know, that's bonus still. But the month of September has slowly become maybe the best golf month in the city. Agreed. Yeah. It, it's just been so. It's so funny how our season is just kind of pushed a little for yeah. mm-hmm. like it's starting later, but it's ending later, and and September's the new August. Almost, well, and, right? and I mean in October we've had yeah, so many been good. good days between yeah. you know twelve and fifteen degrees. And I was up at Cobble Beach last Sunday. I yeah. saw that shirt sleeve. What yeah. were you doing up there? We were shooting an Asante commercial. Ah, 
Ah, and it was yes. perfect. Nobody will know that it was uh, October. They'll yeah, think I was, was wondering spring. what you were doing. Did you have an opportunity to play while you were there or did I you didn't. shoot? I hit, uh, so this is funny, though. On those, shot, on those shoots, you know, they always have a couple of general yeah. shots of me hitting shots. So I drove up that morning, about a two and a half, three hour drive up there. It's a hike. Got out there and they said, okay, can you hit the shot right away? I absolutely cold topped four in a row. Like perfect. Hard cold Out of the pops, car, right? And, okay. yeah. Yeah. and then I finally yeah. got one in the air. That's so when you see it, it's going to look magnificent, but you won't know. I mean, at least he made contact. It wasn't a straight whiff. But but, <laughs> but, but back to the point, the weather was, even the day we played, we were yeah. on a shirt sleeves. Yeah, we, it, was, it was a great day. And it looks like we have maybe another week or so. Maybe. It's going to be interesting to see. I'll, t- I'll say one thing. For, uh, for our listeners in southern Ontario and our golfers in this province, they deserved a late, a late season because our spring was uh, maybe yeah, some great. of the worst we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Tuesday, yeah. 15, sunny. Really? Then after that, sorry, folks. Gets uh, yeah. later in the week. It starts single digits. The this whole way Tuesday through. and Wednesday, I will be emceeing the. Uh, I saw that on Twitter. P- yes, the PGA of Ontario uh, Industry Expo show in nice. Kitchener on oh. Tuesday. So we'll see a lot of our friends out there. I know Adidas will be there. Taylor made a lot of our Great. golf professional awesome. friends of ours and nice. a lot of our PGA friends and Golf Ontario friends. So looking forward to going. I don't have much to do. Say a few things, introduce a few people, and then <laughs> just, just walk around the floor. And, Perfect. You know, so I, my goal is at the end of that show, uh, maybe we can get Bob into one more Hall of Fame. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> there should be a People's Choice Award for that now, too. I mean, after Bob, I'm thinking, I mean, after Bob writes the Tiger book, I mean. Well, that's yeah, it. Right. Yeah, it's got to be it. He still hasn't broke on the Tiger I actually book. So saw, get this out? Awesome. I saw Lauren Rubenstein at uh, Baby Village. This oh, you did? I did. Walking around. How is I, it? I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, you don't him, know? I saw him walking Is the chapter there. still there? No, it's not, it's now an LCBO. <laughs> ah, and if that doesn't tell you everything Lauren, you need Lauren to know. Lauren loves to hang out with the bookstore. So. So, uh, Skulls, Tiger leading, yes. 12 under, two-shot yes. lead, 36 to go. His, uh, his record with 36 is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Woodland trying to make his uh, President's Cup team, the reigning U.S. Open champion, right behind him. They've got a little separation. Bradley, four back of Woods. Of course, we've got some time to go. And uh, our own Corny, Corey Connors and, of course, J- uh, Japan Sadeki Matsuyama uh, at eight under four back and Corey at five back. But the big story here, Tiger, putter looked good yesterday. What have you seen so far? Is this enough? Has he done enough? Or what does, if it's not enough, what does he have to do? Does he have to win or is he on this team? Okay, first of all, I think he's on the team no matter what. Okay. Why? If, because if of the you, outside you go, no, pressure? No, 64 64. All right. If, if he came, so he go, goes out of the shoot, three straight bogeys on Wednesday night, Thursday morning yes. in Japan. If he shoots 80, maybe not. But he's battled back. Uh, how Nine he birdies so, after that. Yeah. How has he looked so far? I mean, the comments he had after his round uh, last night saying he liked his game. His swing wasn't quite as sharp as he liked it to be. It's like, oh, my God, he made one bogey. You shot 64 for the second straight day. I think he looks great. Um, he's got this reliable uh, cut shot off the tee with the driver. Uh, especially noticeable, the fourth hole there is 505 yards. There's water all left. He was aiming way left, played this high cut in the middle of the fairway. Um, he, Just under 70% of his fairways in round two versus 46% of his fairways in round one. So the mini cut that you're referring to, yep. 70%. Tiger puts the ball in the fairway 70% of the time off the tee. Look out. Well, at, Interesting is scrambling numbers, though, right? He had to scramble a little bit more. He only he had a mm-hmm. few less greens in round two. <laughs> now, you don't know if that's weather-related or not, but right. but he scrambled really well as well. Yeah, he did. And the one bogey he made, uh, it was a sloppy one. He had 144 yards into the second hole and missed it left. Uh, had a good chip and sort of just yanked his putt a little bit. Um, but we saw his ball-striking numbers, um, strokes gained approach, uh, right around the Masters, and they were you know, number one. And when he's in the fairway, his swing looks 
pretty on tempo right now, and um, he could be tough to beat. But, I mean, the one factor, obviously, 27 holes today. How's his back going to hold up? How's knee. the weather going to hold up? How's knee. the knee going to hold up? Knee. And, you know, he was saying, and maybe he was exaggerating a bit in some of the interviews, but he could barely bend over last year to read putts. I mean, who knows? how truthful it actually is watching him up close at Royal Portrush he looked like he was in pain and we thought that was his back and yeah, he looked gr- like he looked great in the spring heading into Augusta he looked yeah. like, and then after Augusta it just got it seemed to get progressively worse the, the just the it's you know we don't know how he feels or what's going through his head etc but just from from a viewership standpoint and i you know i only saw him at Augusta in person mm-hmm. And I don't believe I saw him again until New York right. with my own eyes. Right. And what he does away from camera. That's a big hunk from April to August because I did the Northern Trust, right? Mm-hmm. Just the way he was moving was, was... Sort of shuffling. Yeah, gingerly. Yeah. Everything looked like it was more effort than it was. So is, like, is it that narrow, Bob? Is it that narrow uh, of, of, a, of a factor where we go, it's just, if Tiger feels loosey-goosey... He's got chances to win golf tournaments, and if he doesn't, it's he doesn't. Is it that? Is it that narrow a, a, a factor? He's basically said that. He said that after the U.S. Open. He said, "I'm going to have good days and I'm going to have bad days, and this is going to be a bad day or at this point." So, uh, but I think the repaired knee will help him, as you mentioned. Like he showed, he showed a, a thing this week on social media mm-hmm. how he can bend down and read yeah. putts and stand up a little bit more, and he does look a little bit more comfortable. But I think today is going to be a big day in terms of uh, of seeing 27 holes. He- in a long, sloggy golf course. You know what? I, yeah, that's don't let's let's not underestimate yeah. that. People aren't talking about when you're walking through a swamp like that; it gets harder. Uh, you know what's something we may have underestimated last year too? Uh, talking about this Tiger big picture in terms of health. Let's throw out the PGA Championship because we knew that the PGA Championship he was going to have no chance. He, he took he basically took the the entire month off after winning the Green Jacket. It was an emotional and mental. Uh, just mountain he climbed, and sure. you know, and then the celebration afterwards with the late night TV and the, and the this and the, like it, it was a whirlwind. So we he came to the PGA at a brutally hard golf course that is simply set up for the best drivers of the golf ball in the world. No no shock that Kepka and DJ were one two. The only shock is that Rory's not in the mix there because that 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 was just set up mm-hmm. to, as a driving competition at Beth Page. So we knew Tiger was going to not be there for that. So let's eliminate that. Maybe we underestimated the type of majors we were going to play last year. Uh, it's never warm in, in Monterey, right? Instead, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco, okay? <laughs> Ireland, yeah. cold and damp. Uh, maybe getting away from these cold majors in 2020. Yeah, maybe. But is maybe, that going to happen, though, because the, the, the way the schedule is set up? Well, we're going to be, where are we for the PGA this year? We're in San Fran. San Francisco. That's right. So, all right. Oh, so there, yeah, you there you go. Okay. <laughs> We've got uh, Wingfoot in, in New York, New York for June. June. So we'll be okay. Yeah, we should be Maybe. okay for that. We should Maybe. be okay for that. And then the British Open, the Open Championship. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? For yeah, spin the wheel, make the deal. Every, yeah, yeah, every exactly. fifteen minutes, you don't yeah. like the weather, yeah. but. You know, maybe it's a bigger factor. Maybe it 100%. is a much bigger factor. But I know I'm, me. You know me. I don't. I've, I have back problems. I've had back problems pretty much my entire adult life. This is the first year I haven't had pain yeah. in a long time, uh, and my back problems aren't even a third, or a tenth of what he's gone through. 
And I will tell you right now, there's nothing more I like. It cannot get hot enough. The hotter you make it, I yeah. cannot get hot enough. And when it gets cooled and damp, there's a lot of question marks. Well, and, and the forecast for uh, later today is, you know, temperatures in the high 60s with a lot of humidity, some rain later on in the day. So we'll see how that affects mm. his back. And we saw Tiger had the shirt on. He had the vest on. He was going back and forth. Yeah. It was a long wait, I believe, on the yeah. 14th hole where he looked a little. People on Twitter were going 20 nuts. 25 minute wait. Yeah, yeah twenty five minutes. That's, explain though, because of that par four. Yes, to a par three. yes, turn into par three. One hundred and fifty so. yard par four. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> lots of eagles there. Yeah. Adam Hadwin had one. Yeah. Um, we should get Scully's opinion because you know Bob and I said we might be an island to ourselves uh, when we asked the question, "Who has the tougher job as a captain?" Mm. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are sitting there going, "Well, it has to be Ernie Els because Tiger's got all this world of talent to." pick from, but Bob and I both think that all the other things going on in Tiger's world with picking himself, leaving Phil Mickelson off the team, maybe leaving a Patrick Reed off the team, makes his job harder. Who's who's got the harder job? And if you're making picks right now, who's on these teams? Okay, so let me just pull up the list here. Um, So Tiger's on the team. I I think, without a doubt, uh, the U.S. team, the captain's picks will be Finau, Woodland, Fowler, Tiger. Okay, so reads the Just odd man out. Reads the odd okay, man out. Okay, follow-up question. If Kepka can't play, is the next man in? Yeah, that's where... I mean, ah, is Mickelson back in the window? No. Okay. Mickelson definitely not. That's so it, goes, guy. it goes Reed or Kisner, you're thinking? I was going to say Kisner because of his match play yeah. ability. And is, he's great in the room. And he's great in the room. He's certainly a lot better than the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's Patrick Reed. You know, it's sort of like, do you want to try to build the relationship back up? Because this guy's been Captain America. Bat Ryder cut back on home soil next or year. Or what about a kid? What about a Morikawa? What about a Wolf? So you'd have to look back to... They've won. You know, when, when Jordan Spieth was named a captain's pick, the President's Cup, back in 2013, that was a pick that sort of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. By Freddie Couples, you, that's the last time you think of that. I like maybe, that. Maybe? I like that. Firepower that, on the that team? 12th, I like just the 12th pick. Grab a kid who you think yeah. has a decade ahead of him. Of yeah. Like, do you like that? I, love, I would love it that is, right except now. if you're Kevin Kisner. Yeah, yeah I get that. Right. You know, I get that. I think you got to earn your spot, and I don't know if one of those kids yet has earned uh, enough to earn some it. wins. Right. Or, yeah. I mean, or Ches Reeve. Like, he had, he yeah. had a yeah. decent he's, year. He's next on the list after yeah. Kiz, right? Yeah. And then as the international side, they've had a great showing in this early in this fall. Yes, so in far. And then, obviously, us being Canadian. Uh, well, I want to see both Hadwin and Connors. Yeah. I mean, Adam Hadwin making over a million dollars in his two starts this year. Right. And Corey Connors is T5. Now, this is going to be a homer. Oh, this is going to be a homer statement, but let's remove the Canadian flag aspect from the Connors Hadwin conversation. The one thing that the international team has had a very difficult time in is, is continuity with their yeah. team and finding like uh, Hideki. Hideki has had nobody to play with. Uh, you know, they've got if, assuming Jason Day is an automatic on this team, which I think is pretty safe. They've got two Australian pairs if they want to go. If they want to go that route with Cameron Smith, Jason mm-hmm. Day, mm-hmm. Mark Leishman, and Adam Scott. Why not a Canadian pair? Right. Why not guys that you know know each other that uh, you know have you know just they've got the, the commonality in in in, in yeah. the way they they play the game not so much way but just who they are and the fabric of who they are that's got to help on the international side. 
Well, I remember when we were at the President's Cup uh, a couple years ago, um, Nick Price paired Adam Scott and Adam Hadwin together. I believe it was for the third day, and they hadn't played together before. They had to discuss what golf ball they were going to yeah, use. There all was that no stuff. preparation there. Right. So you're just setting yourself up to fail in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you look at, you know, Sung JM, he's. He had a great year. He's got to be somewhat. Justin Harding, he had a great year. There's there's Eric, a lot of guys Eric, on that team. Eric Van Ruyen is a guy. Eric Van Ruyen had a really out. good year. Last little while, he's played. Mr. Well joggers too. himself. He only yeah, wears joggers. Exactly. So. And then you got Yakim and Munoz, who have won. Yeah. yeah. Who have won, and we can't put them in the conversation. And, and they've won. And Jazzy J. And let's not even. Now, I know I have to broadcast. Uh, by the looks of it, they've added me to the President's Cup bro- uh, broadcast team for PGA Tour Radio, which I just found out last week. So it's looking like that's happening. Now, I'm not going to Australia, so don't get excited. Ooh. We get to do it from a studio. They don't send the radio team on the ground like they do for every other event. Uh, yours truly and the other guys in the team are really uh, hoping DJ Jazzy Jeff does not make the team because we don't want to <laughs> say that name at 1 a.m. Jenna Watnanod. Yeah, Jenna Watnanod. Yeah. Jazz Jenna But that's now here. Six <laughs> hours on the air. And it's like 1 a.m. and you got me. I got a call. Six out. hours on the air and five red wines. DJ Jazzy Jet Nawatnanon and the French Prince of CT Pen. Okay. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Skulls, before we go to break, we're going to do leaderboard updates on the other side. You heard our conversation on Kep Karori. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like to Bob and I, like to me, I know a lot of it comes from the outside in. Uh, I think, I think if these two get, I need to see these two go head to head five, six, seven times next year, maybe four or five times in final pairs, big events. Then we've got a rivalry. Then we've got some separation. Until yeah. that happens. I mean, we saw it a couple times this year down the stretch WGC, FedEx, St. Jude, yeah. and of course the FedEx Cup. Uh, we need to see it in a major. Right. That's when you really need to see it. They both have four majors. Um, and I think it's got to happen more often. Now, now, some... now, since 2012, so Kepka joined the PGA Tour in 2012. He has 180 starts, mm-hmm. 59 top 10s, four majors. For Rory, since 2012, 179 starts and 99 top 10s. So if you look mm-hmm. at it that way. How many majors since 2012 for uh, Rory? Uh, four. He's got, so all four since 2012 no, or any no. come before that? I'm just trying to no, think. Yeah it's, yeah, it's four. All four since 2012? So. If you go take a bigger picture window, I thought he won his first one early. 2011. No, I'm wrong. Okay, yeah, so he won three. Yeah. So he's one of his majors came before that. Okay, so US Open. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So bigger picture window doesn't look that that different, does it? It's more in the, what's happened the last recently, four years. recently. Right. Bias, That's what it is, and it, we and we are guilty in this industry more than any other than what you know. What have you done for me lately? Yep. And the last thing we've seen is the greatest thing we've seen, mm-hmm. and that's just the nature of yep. the beast. Thus, why Bob and I would not make good President's Cup captains. <laughs> it's it's not like Rory hasn't done anything. Rory That's had true a too. Great right since I agree. Yeah, right. I mean, he's won I a bunch agree. of stuff. The problem is this, though. Too here's the other problem too, and I'm going to get you this answer on the other side of the break. Part of the problem with Rory and evaluating Rory is all those top tens for a player that has won majors by eight shots, hasn't won a major in five years, has won majors previous by eight shots, has had multiple chances to close the career Grand Slam in Augusta and gagged it, okay? When you play that well that often and don't have the victories, it's a double-edged sword. Kepka, when he plays well, he typically wins. Rory, he's there a lot, but he doesn't close the door. So we start evaluating him as a guy that should have more wins right. as opposed to a guy that plays better. I'll get your take on that. Leaderboard updates. We'll wrap up GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit muskokabayresort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We have completely run out of time today. We just ripped through this show. So let's get to leaderboard updates in the world of golf before we sign off today. Skulls, what is happening on the LPGA? BMW Ladies Championship. Somi Lee, Song Yun Lee are tied for the lead at 13 under par. Hannah Jang, one back. Amy Yang, two back. Brooke Henderson, uh, she is... Uh, she is six off, or sorry, seven off the pace. Uh, Elena Sharp also in the mix as well. On the European Tour, Robert uh, being dominated by South Africa's Justin Walters is a twelve under with a one shot lead over Dean Burmester, not to be confused with Kurt Burmester <laughs> and Brandon Stone, both at eleven under par. Matt Wallace, Stephen Brown, Jia Young Wang are uh, all at ten under par. No Canadians in the field this week. Uh, in the Zozo Championship, they will play twenty seven holes tonight, leaving nine left tomorrow, which will be Monday in Japan, where Tiger. Will Woods will try to win his 82nd PGA Tour victory, which will tie Sam Snead's all-time record. He heads into the final 36 with a two-shot lead over Gary Woodland, a four-shot lead over Keegan Bradley and Deki Matsuyama. Corey Connors there at 7-under par alongside Daniel Berger. Should be a great finish on the PGA Tour. We can't pick up the Rory conversation. We're going to have to save it for another day. Only two live shows left in Season 9 of GTC Radio. We will have continuing specials throughout the weekend, so we don't go away. Year review specials, etc. We come back for a one-off live Festivus in December, which we will let you know about. Two more Golf Talk Canada TV specials coming up. November, Top 100 Courses in Canada is voted on by the PGA of Canada. And in December, our year in review, looking at the best moments, the biggest stories, and the highlights of the year in golf in our Golf Talk Canada year in review special. And then, of course, February 1st or 2nd? February 2nd. February 1st, 2020. Season 10 of GTC Radio. Season 10 of Golf Talk Canada Radio. And we're hoping to have some announcements, hopefully by Festivus in December, which is our ninth, no, sorry, our eighth annual Festivus special in December, which is our one live show in December. Might have announcements by them, if not February 1st. Guys, have a great weekend. too. Thanks for everything. What a show. So much going on. Go Tiger. Go Corey. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.